Now, for something completely different, from east of the Rockies, here's Brian Wilson. Greetings, Pop Peeps. Brian Wilson here with a few introductory comments. First, I, I regret the last two and only episode was delayed. I had some uh, pretty big plans for our first July 4th extravaganza. And uh, full disclosure, uh, recently I've been under the misguided uh, and misdiagnosed care of several famous physicians, Marcus Welby, Ben Casey, and Maximus Kildare, doctors with no weekend plans and with so much of the Biden quality medication all bought up and stashed for discovery at the White House storage unit for the holidays. Uh, some of the following may be slightly out of character. There's a quick background thumbnail. After 50-plus years uh, in radio, TV, print advertising that's been mentioned too many times on this podcast uh, already, um, I gradually became um, jaded uh, towards the ads and programs that were so loudly programming the patriotic parts of America's B-Day. Too often, these celebrations featured resurrected war stories from all of our battlegrounds, invariably leading to young soldiers, sailors, Marines getting blown to bits in some land you couldn't find on a globe for a cause that in reality didn't have a damn thing to do with freedom, independence, our democracy, God-given rights, or protecting the homeland. Patriotism and propaganda being what they are and how they play with your mind and emotion with the help of Madison Avenue and so on got to a point that put in, in stark perspective. The times we're living in are bigger and far more dangerous to these be vaunted American values that are supposed to get us to drop $60,000 on an electric monstrosity and turn over the balance of our rights to people you wouldn't let pet your golden retriever. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people of all sexes, especially those of you struggling with correctly differentiating the distinction between your naturally provided roof and the biological impossibility that has suddenly topped your socially embarrassing wish list, with the notorious exception of Bud Light over-costumized tutu wearers who never heard moderation, normalcy, or modesty used in the same lifetime, the current administration of proven liars, public pedophiles, thieves, crooks, grifters, fraudsters, and cocaine snorters have dictated to the otherwise clear-thinking, who of the clear-thinking, no names, but they name names, places, terminology, nature, body parts, and personal privacy preferences, not to be mentioned in private or public company for fear of offending the offenders, those unwilling to choose a wardrobe suitable for wearing in front of children, but hey, haven't you heard? They're coming for that six-year-old. What if she's one of yours? The offending of the majority is of no concern. These orders, edicts, pending legislation, regulation, and unconstitutional directives come from the office of a senile, speech-stuttering professional gas bag who coddles a whore-hopping cocaine snorter, unregistered foreign agent who parlayed the old farts name, rolled America and the rule of laws in the dung heap of the Biden family larceny while studiously denying the existence of a granddaughter who doesn't get a fireplace stocking at Christmas, but the family dog does, all the while fondling little girls half her age, not to mention the history of showers taken with a subsequently traumatized daughter. And you're going to vote for that scum? Are these the American standards that we're all flag-waving about? Google philosophical complicity. Tell me what you find. People have been seeing recently watching irrefutable evidence from the comfort of their own Barco loungers only be referred to as or suffer the shame and consequences of having a keen eye for the obvious. 
my alleged guest, guest is such an intimate term, indicating at minimum a mutual fondness for fact and truth, must now be referred to as Jim Bo. That's because great minds in the Washington Urinal have designated him a teller of unacceptable truth backed with unarguable facts to the point that publicly outed swamp scum can't run the slightest risk of allowing too much sunlight to disinfect so much as a White House cubbyhole. Those of you who savored the celebratory cry, Happy Independence Day, I ask you, what is it you're so happy about? Fireworks? Private ownership remains mostly illegal in the land of the free. Is that how you display the thrill of independence? Hey, give me a sparkler there, my young man. How about a televised contest of hot dog gluttony? Because you know, nothing sends freedom like the close-up of creating another half-ton of self-imposed morbid obesity on color TV, for which you will be body-shamed once you wipe the yellow mustard off your spiffy new schedules. Hope you'll have to bend over one more time to put those socks on, Buster. But wait, that's independence. That's freedom. Yes, sir. A lot of fine young men with unrealized futures are thrilled to have sacrificed their lives and body parts in indentured servitude at the draft bar or zippy, high-quality Hollywood promises of free college and medical care for protecting our God-given freedoms from some Middle East dictator with a weird name and a funny hat who we were selling the same bombs used to create more subterranean residents of Arlington. So they're dead. And so are the... Uh, still lingering promises, ask someone in the care of the VA. But hey, you know, you memorialized and memorized the lyrics to a Greenwood song that if sung loudly enough before the kickoff, might have had the same cleansing effect of the clearasil a bunch of those dead kids were just starting to wear. Of course, that stuff never penetrated to the moral bone of corncob-sucking generals who ran Hollywood-produced film clips of their many happy returns for movie theater news buffs. But it's the freedom. It's the land of the home of—really? First Amendment. Wait until the other one arrives. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Don't you read Lost Rights? Didn't you read Freedom and Chains? You ain't got them anymore except on a chunk of parchment for the tourists with the guts to slosh into the logic-free swamp. Remember George Carlin? It's a big club and you ain't in it. Try free speaking in the people's house without permission from some power freak who's only in it for the bodacious bennies they award themselves for you to pay for. Now there's your real sweetheart deal, pal. And your name doesn't even need to be Biden. Second Amendment? Really want to go there? Be sure to bring your government-approved permission slip so everybody can admire your God-given freedom. But you better hurry up. It's just a brief SCOTUS decision away from disappearing like all the others, off like a prom dress. And you can try to remember what you were supposed to do with your cold, dead, empty hands. You can get a decal for that right over at the kiosk with the annual subscription as soon as we're done. So what is this freedom you celebrate, that you unquestionably obey the nonsensical ravings of lunatic minds? It doesn't appear you really know the meaning of freedom, and you have a little clue of independence unless it's served with an overdose of mind-altering adrenaline big enough to block basic reality. Independence, freedom, I don't think they mean what you've blied into believing they mean. <clears throat> Need to introduce my uh, guest and occasionally maligned partner and uh, apologize a bit for the uh, previous six, seven minute rant 
This uh, podcast is cleverly titled The Two and Only, and one of them couldn't shut up quickly enough. But um, tune in next week for my holiday bedpan stories, all covered with Obamacare. Just another name for, well, you know. Uh, because of his uh, questionable social and political status in the city that began as a swamp and turned into a sewer, and his decades-long record of politically incorrect articles and books, the perfect example for the unwoke, a beard, seriously, the other only one of the two and only, Jim Bow <clears throat> and Fred Bard Smith. Well, there we go. Jim, I hope you're still there. If you prefer not yeah, to have your yeah. name and Brian, I'm reputation still associated with any proximity to the previous rant, I'll fix it in the mix. Just say the word or hum a dial tone and we'll hope for a mulligan. No, it's uh, great to hear you back on the air. It's, it's great to hear your a, a sense of humor back there crackling like uh, at Brian Wilson Parr. And it's uh, I was worried that, that you might have gone mellow after the last couple of weeks, what you've been through. Not on uh, these drugs, pal. <laughs> no, no. You know, um, saying I, I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, you know, I, I, in, in all seriousness, ever since 1964 or five, when I got into radio, the the uh, the disconnect between all the heart throbbing sentiments of name your holiday here, and the reality of the conduct of the American people, and and all the rest of that, it was uh, round peg square hole, and it's uh, just I mean when I saw Saving Private Ryan was going to be on 24/7, I just I it's that's it. I didn't need any drugs. Um, and and, and the, the only concern, and I'm sure they're going to be there, and I, I welcome them. You know, the, you know you, you're anti-American, you're a hippie, free commie, whatever. It has nothing to do with it at all. You miss the entire point. The, uh, the idea of sentiment, sincere sentiment, and the application of it, and how it gets uh, bastardized and, uh, and worked over by politicians. And, and we've never been in a state of existence with with best, worst examples that are here right now. And uh, that's what I wanted to uh, get into with you uh, the um, on this whole Fourth of July thing. If, uh, if I hadn't got my panties in a wad here a couple of days ago, sitting in that stupid hospital bed, if America was going to get a birthday president, it was served up precisely on time, uh, in my opinion, thanks to U.S. District Court Judge Terry Dowdy, and delivered by the business end of Jim Bovard's political analytical acumen, that newfangled computer, and the eye for talent at the New York Post. From the professional's perspective, Jim, how, how does this play? Not, not solely from the obvious impact on writers of provable fact with your track record and material, but from the president's commentary, which I've heard more than a few times, like some of his previous, that his administration has zero intention of inviting by the decision, even with a SCOTUS potential behind it. I mean, that's that's almost as scary as the idea that that what these people were doing in the background during the whole last two, four years. Yeah, it's um, there's a long pattern of this administration uh, basically blustering and claiming it's not, not going to obey the um, court rulings. Uh, there is a, an injunction the federal district judge issued here to block the uh, Biden administration from browbeating social media companies into censoring Americans' posts. And it, it's a wonderful decision because 155 pages, it's interesting. I was uh, I was propping my feet up on the afternoon of July 4th and uh, stretching. I said, okay, what do I do next? And then I see this bulletin, breaking news, federal 
judge issues injunction to stop federal censorship of social media. And 155 pages, well, start reading, dude. So, uh, <laughs> so I dove into that, and uh, it, it was it's a very well-written decision, and it has a lot of wonderful, vivid examples of, the, uh, of how the government just uh, browbeat private companies. Uh, some of the examples were, were actually pretty funny, such as, such as with the um, Facebook. I mean, uh, Facebook kept getting beat up by uh, the White House officials. They would actually be cussing Facebook, and I guess I shouldn't. Are you guys F serious, so on and so forth? Yeah. That was shortly before Biden accused Facebook and other companies of murdering Americans because they didn't suppress all the um, posts to uh, raise questions about the va COVID vaccines. And that but was like the was, next day, right? That uh, Yeah, it was. The guy yes, sends the, was, uh, the F word, and then uh, Biden comes out and says, you're killing people. Yep, but there was no pressure. It was simply, a, you know, and, you know, Biden's people were threatening to bring antitrust cases, break up uh, the social of Twitter, Facebook, stuff like that. They had all these threats and all these insinuations, but there was no pressure. It was simply a uh, friendly discussion. And it's like, you, you know, you get the FBI calling, uh, contacting you and say, hey, take this post down. It's like, you know, it's, um, you know, it's like someone from the mafia saying, um, well, saying whatever they say in the mafia. So, but but it's it's been amusing to see a lot of the liberal media trying to to say that there wasn't censorship, and not only that, but these were bad ideas. the 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 New York Times had an example today, uh, bashing the federal judge's decision and and uh, basically trying to list some of the you know, bad the the incorrect things that the judge stated and the New York Times focused on the fact that the judge said that COVID vaccines failed to prevent uh, transmission of COVID. Yeah, you know, I don't know how many years behind the New York Times is of the science, but this is something the CDC admitted in late July 2021, the COVID vaccines failed to protect against transmission. But for some reason, uh, we're still supposed to treat that as misinformation, but this is on par with the type of censorship that the government has been demanding, because there's been a lot of things that were true that the government wanted censored because it would not, um, uh, basically, because it might make people hesitate to get the COVID vaccines, among other things. But it's not just COVID. I mean, the feds were also censoring um, uh, posts on Twitter and elsewhere that said that mail-in voting is insecure. Well, you look at American history, Mail-in voting is insecure, but everything was supposed to be sacrosanct for 2020 to help Biden win. And right. since since Biden took office, they've expanded their target list, and they're kind of they appear to be going after everyday cynicism, people like you and I, if you know what I mean. Sort and of. So, yeah. um, and it doesn't have anything to do. So there's there's so many baits and switches here. This was a big intervention that began justified to protect America against foreign intervention, but almost everybody who the feds have censored has been an American and a conservative. Well, I do think it's going to be, uh, as uh, as you've pointed out in the past, uh, the you know these things hit with a splash and then they kind of wander off to a back burner. But that's where the real fun is when you see the cases opened up and the the citations and all that, you know, the rest of that 140, 150 some odd pages that, uh, that you reference. I uh, 
I was kind of astounded, uh, with all due respect to the uh, work orders of uh, of judges, that this guy would actually ask for this massive uh, amount of examples from uh, Facebook and Twitter and so on. But uh, I found it interesting in that context that for every Facebook subscriber who couldn't understand his suspension and so-called jail time for posting a critical fact, now you know just exactly what was happening, courtesy of your paranoid public service in the background of the uh, of the Facebook offices. Yep. So there yep. was that. Yep. On the point of the uh, the intimidation, no intimidation, and share a very small and insignificant event uh, in my uh, questionable broadcast years. I occasionally had to deal with the local FCC. Uh, specifically for not completing the transmitter log in a timely and accurate manner. Whoa. The penalty for which would be the loss of my license. Well, many listeners today would likely think that was a really cool idea. By uh, full weight of the White House, along with some moderately expensive antitrust cases, uh, in this instance, I, uh, I get the sense, as you pointed out, that the judge probably picked up on that. Yeah, uh, the White House was not subtle nor was the FBI, nor were some of the other agencies that were out there browbeating. I mean, for for Biden to come out in public and accuse Facebook and other companies of basically murdering people because they failed to suppress disinformation, people forget that, that the biggest disinformation of the entire pandemic came from President Biden. Back in July 2021, Biden announced, if you get the COVID vaccine, you won't get COVID, you won't transmit it. At that point, uh, the CDC knew that was false, but they were withholding that information. So, I mean, there was government censorship, which uh, turned into an entitlement for government deceit, which is what normally happens throughout history. Yeah, that um, that one line uh, that you mentioned earlier, I thought was really outstanding, that uh, the idea that government officials label something as misleading is a significant risk. Uh, that can uh, be suppressed, but uh, yes, yeah, not so well, much the it, other way. Yeah, I mean, it was fascinating to me to, uh, you know, the 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 judge had a lot of really good details uh, on uh, how the censorship regime worked, and one of the most um, amusing things I thought was, you, you know, how was it that the feds got the absolute truce that they use to censor American citizens? Well, a federal agency would simply ask government officials, and as the judge said, apparently always assumed the government official uh, official was a reliable source. So, I mean, as an investigative journalist, this made me smile because I've used government officials often, but normally not for reliable sources. Uh, but th this is a mindset that the whole premise of the Biden censorship regime was that government equals the truth. That there is some you know higher truth in government power, but this is not how politicians operate. I mean, who the hell would trust them? You know, I've been talking to you for thirty some odd years on a whole bunch of different subjects, and every once in a while, a new thought comes in, and I can try and ask in a refreshing way to let everyone think that I just spontaneously combusted it. And while you were talking here, and we've been talking about the government's operations and disinterest and contradiction of SCOTUS and their illegitimate court and all the rest of that BS, I was just thinking about Woodward and Bernstein, all the president's men, and I wonder. Would you have made 
a plausible, functional Woodward or Bernstein, the personality is notwithstanding within the, within the partnership or workmanship or whatever the case. I'm thinking more about the so-called ethics that were portrayed in the movie and the book, the, the editor's uh, decisions, um, the requirements for uh, different levels of information, names of sources, you know, all the rest of that. Does that movie, does that script, does, does that play remotely well within the context of, of what we see today as so-called journalism? Would you would you play either one of those roles without any concern for your credibility? Uh, <laughs> um, that last phrase made me laugh, concerned about my credibility. I mean, a lot of, well, anyhow, um, I mean, I'd certainly be open to it. I mean, I've, you know, um, I certainly did not hesitate to go after the FBI on Ruby Ridge, and if there was bigger fish to fry, okay, fine. If I had hard information and good sources and editors who had gumption, and uh, you know, sure. But um, uh, there, there are questions about that uh, Woodward and Bernstein storyline that uh, you know there's, um, and you know, having the top FBI source according to the latest version of the official, the latest official version of how the story came. But no, I mean, you know, there are a number of journalists out there doing very ex doing courageous work and exposing some government wrongdoing. And, you know, hopefully we see a lot more of that. Well, I had planned, as far as I plan things, uh, to mention that uh, in this context of the story, this, this First Amendment story with uh, the Judge Dowdy and, and uh, others, that... Um, uh, sources of information, you know, are uh, I've never been more important. You know, you can't trust ABC, NBC, CBS, NPR, FOX. You know, they're just not there. They're entertainment features. They're mouthpieces for government propaganda. They're they're the uh, second story down on the CIA office building. All the rest of that. Uh, but uh, something that I uh, that I say with you know with with meaning because I don't come from a place where the kind of exacting Ethics are required. Talk show hosts, bullshit artists, DJs, you know, things like that. That's, uh, you know, I, I, I never tried to lie or mislead anybody, but a little sex here, a little politics there, you know, to try to spice up the ratings and all the rest. But since lost rights and freedom and chains, you know, one of the first things I, I remember about the book was turning to the back. And you are the bibliography, your work product over these years and the, and and 10 books and, and all the rest of that, there, there, there is no question. I don't think anybody 10, 20 years from now is say, well, you know, that lost rights, I don't know. I mean, that had a couple of clunkers in there. I mean, I have to think of clunkers. That would never happen. Never happen. It doesn't matter, but you know what the you know what the book is. It's uh, you go ahead and take a look at that. 30, 40, 50 pages of bibliography and citations and quotes and pages and all the rest of that. You don't put out material like that when you've got a shady background or you might be inclined to uh, take a ride over to Delaware or something like that. So it's uh, I just want to point that out because it's important, more and more important, I believe, with the proliferation of podcasts, with the disintegration of uh, anything on TV, whether it's cable or broadcast or whatever, finding solid sources of reliable, impeccable information is going to get harder and harder. And you're going to have to look longer and deeper. So when you can latch on something that you can hang your hat on and talk about at the dinner table without worrying about getting a hit with a steak knife, then uh, 
uh, grab anyone. If it's got Bovard on it, buy it, read it, share it with your friends, give it for Christmas presents, whatever. And uh, I don't say that because I've known this guy for 30, 35 years, and he's tried to teach me to drink beer and you know, and all the rest <laughs> of that. <laughs> tried to force a couple of cigars on me. But uh, it was all in good fun. And... Um, at a couple of good bars, and it's, uh, it's been that. And I, um, I say it because of the previous comments about Fourth of July, First Amendment, all the rest of that. You know, you just, you just can't believe the smoke that's being blown up your various orifices in so many different uh, from so many different areas. So before my drugs wear out, I'll uh, forego the usual hysterical sign-off and uh, thank you and uh, and Joe Ted both for your time and uh, patience and hopefully. Um, Whatever the rest of this stuff is, will get blown out of existence by that new bottle of Buffalo Trace bourbon I just picked up. Hey, so, thanks so much for your kind words. I really appreciate it. And all the best to you. The, the, you got a lot of fans around the country who are pulling for you. Hope everything goes as well as possible for you. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. And, uh, and all the... Uh, <coughs> I'm melting. I'm melting. I think the uh, curtain of mercy shall now be extracted by Mr. Bovard and Joe will pull the honorary plug.